everyone. My name is Nino Stefanelli, and this is episode four of the Coach's Corner podcast. Today's date is Sunday, January 30th, and I'm here today to speak on news that has recently come out in both the NBA and NFL. Moving on to the NBA, today we're going to be talking about the NBA All-Star starting rosters. So, Kevin Durant was voted the highest in the East, and LeBron James was voted the highest in the West in fan votes. So those two easily become the captains on both sides of the East and West. So I'm going to be making my opinions on both of these teams, my thoughts on these choices, and if fan voting is fair or is it more overpowered and gives too much to the fans where instead some league officials should be voting and giving players actually deserve it spot. And we'll be discussing about that for the first 10-15 minutes of the podcast and then we'll move on to the predictions of the conference championships of both uh, conferences in the NFL today. So, point guard in the East, starting point guard, Trey Young. This is his second All-Star nomination he was the 2019 All-Rookie Team, very good player, averaging 27 points a game this season, 9 assists a game, 4 rebounds a game. I mean, outstanding player, helping the Hawks get back to who they were last year, starting off difficult this year. I mean, they're not where they want to right now, but Trey Young is the one to help them, and he's bringing them where they were at one point last season. Starting shooting guard, in the East is DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan coming from the San Antonio Spurs in offseason, signing with the Bulls, five-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA, averaging 26 points a game, five assists a game, and five rebounds a game. Outstanding player, and he's really turned around this Bulls organization, including Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso all by his side. And also not to mention, but Nikola, Yo- uh, Nikola Vucic, sorry if I mispronounced his name, but he's a big factor to that team right now. Obviously Caruso fracturing his wrist out four to six weeks. Um, Lonzo Ball out four to six weeks. I forget what his injury was, but I believe he had needed surgery. But yeah, this Bulls team and what DeMar has done to contribute to their winning this season is outstanding and unbelievable. And he deserves a spot in the Eastern Conference starting lineup, which he has been nominated to. Moving on to small forward, Kevin Durant, 12-time All-Star, the 2014 All-Star MVP, outstanding All-Star game that year, two-time All-Star MVP. Um, I mean, he is a very outstanding player. Averaging 29 points a game, 6 assists a game, and 7 rebounds a game. I mean, from what he has done to this Nets organization with Kyrie Irving being in and out for the past month since he's come back from the Nets allowing him to play, is just outstanding where he's brought this team. Lots of people thought they weren't going to be as good without Kyrie, James Harden, Recently reporting that he's unhappy with the organization. And Kevin Durant 
Even though he's been out for a week, I believe, with his injury, he still has four to five weeks left. Um, for what he's been done while he's been on the floor is unbelievable. And yeah, easily deserving a spot in the starting lineup and deserving that captain spot in the East. Moving on to power forward, six-time NBA All-Star, two-time Kia MVP, 2021 All-Star MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 28 points per game, 6 assists per game, 11 rebounds per game, averaging a double-double, outstanding stat line. And even the stuff that are not on the stat line. I mean, the leader he is to this organization, how he brings and goes into every game and brings them out of tough situations they're in. And he's just helping the Bucks in every single way. And I believe that this is his team. There's no one else even close. And... Without Giannis, this Bucks team would not be where they are today. Moving on to the center position, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, and the 2017, and he was a part of the All 2017 All-NBA rookie team, averaging 29 points a game, four assists per game, and 10 rebounds a game. Another player averaging a double-double, outstanding player. For what he's done to help the Sixers through all this drama that's been going around with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons almost getting traded to the Kings, not traded to the Kings. Looking maybe Portland, not going to Portland. Um, The Nets for Harden, that's not happening. So all this drama that's been going around, trading rumors left and right. Joel Embiid sticking with his team, trusting the process like he's always done. And they're in a good shape right now. I believe 6th in the East. And I believe that this starting lineup, every single player that's in this starting lineup in the Eastern Conference deserves their spot. All of these players, unbelievable players, both at every position, on their teams, improving their teams, contributing to their teams. And yeah, they definitely deserve their spot in the All-Star Eastern Conference starting position. Moving on to the West, Stephen Curry, I believe if he keeps his year up, he'll be the NBA MVP this year. Eight-time All-Star, two-time Kia MVP, going for his third one this year, hopefully. He's just been outstanding all year. Seven-time All-NBA, averaging 26 points per game, uh, six assists per game, five rebounds per game. For what he's been able to do with this Warriors team. Also getting Clay back. But if you put Clay aside, what he's been able to do without Clay this year and just who we had around him. I mean, Draymond Green has been in and out all year with injuries left and right. With this team he's had, he's done an outstanding job to keep them top three in the West. And he definitely deserves the starting spot in the Western Conference All Star game. And uh, moving on to the shooting guard position, John Moran. John Moran, I believe it's his second year in the league, if I'm not wrong, maybe third. But um, this is his first all-star appearance. He was the 2020 Kia Rookie of the Year. He's been outstanding his whole career for the first two seasons, averaging 26 points per game, seven assists per game, and six rebounds per game. 
If we go back to 2017, the Memphis Grizzlies were one of the worst teams in the league. 2018, same exact thing. I believe they might have made the playoffs one of those years, maybe before that. But, yeah, the way he's turned around this organization since coming in and with the second overall pick, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies have to be praying every day and thank God every day that they've got John Morant and that the Pelicans had taken Zion, which at the time was a very outstanding, good pick. But now looking at all these injuries Zion's facing, the Memphis Grizzlies are thanking God that they took John Morant. And look where they are now. Top three in the West. Doesn't look like they're slowing down. They had a 10-game win streak. I believe they're on a three-game win streak right now. Just he's doing everything he can to contribute to this team to keep them where they are right now. Now, this is a little bit of a question to a lot of NBA fans. Andrew Wiggins. First All-Star appearance. 2015 Kia Rookie of the Year. He started, was drafted by the Timberwolves, played there. His career over there wasn't as good as it as as it is now with the Warriors, but he's not he does, he's not producing the numbers that an NBA All Star starter would have. He's averaging 18 points a game, two assists per game, and four rebounds per game. Yes, he's a big help to that Warriors team and where they are today. But I think that Dub Nation really had a say in this. And they really put their guy in there. But if you're not a fan of the Warriors and you're from and you're a fan of any other team, almost everyone would disagree that Andrew Wiggins deserves a spot over someone like Devin Booker, Luka Doncic. So, yeah, I feel that fan voting, this is just an example of how overpowered fan voting can be. And that there should be another they should change the voting format. Fan voting does decide rosters, but there should be like a second round of voting where top officials or top news reporters in the NBA get to have their vote and really pick on players who deserve it. And none of that should be biased. But some people could argue, argue Andrew Wiggins deserves it. And someone like me, who's not a fan of the Warriors, can argue that he doesn't deserve it. But he is there. You can't change it. And yeah, he's had a pretty good year. Starting small forward on the team. Helping Curry throughout this tough year that they've been in without Clay, And keeping them top three in the West. And yeah, he's an outstanding good player. But I don't think he deserves a starting spot in the West. Moving on to the power forward position. LeBron James. 18-time All-Star. Three-time All-Star MVP and four-time Kia MVP. This dude does not... This guy is not slowing down at all. Averaging 29.1 points a game, six assists per game, and seven rebounds a game. I mean, he's not slowing down, but the Lakers are, in fact, slowing down. They made that big trade for Russell Westbrook sending Kuzma... um, I forget the other guy's name, but they sent some valuable pieces to the Wizards just for Russell Westbrook, and it hasn't seemed to work. Anthony Davis has been in and out with all year with injuries, just like Draymond Green on the Warriors, just like Kevin Durant on the Nets. It's just examples of how injuries can limit a player's career 
and where they are and how they produce and contribute to the team. But LeBron James does deserve this spot. 37 years old, producing 29 points a game, contributing to his team left and right with assists and rebounds, offensive and defensive rebounds. Outstanding player, and this is going to be quick and simple. He deserves a starting spot in the West. Now for the center position. One-time Kia MVP 2021 last season. Outstanding center, whether it's playmaking, scoring, rebounding. He's got it all. Four-time NBA All-Star, three-time All-NBA, Nikola Jokic. Playing for the Nuggets without his starting point guard, Jamal Murray. He's been able to keep this team top six in the West. With Jamal Murray, you could argue that they could be top three and beat the Memphis out of that spot. But for where they are right now without their starting point guard, they are playing great. And Nikola Jokic is keeping them in playoff contention. And he's doing everything he can to keep them there. And I see... Nikola Jokic has a great pick as the starting center in the West. And to go back to the NBA All-Star voting rules and how it's formatted and everything, I believe that this the voting in the NBA for All-Star sometimes could be fair. I mean, there has been years where there's perfect teams. Every player deserves that spot, and there's a year like this one where you have Andrew Wiggins in the starting small forward position instead of Luka Doncic, um, Devin Booker, and countless other players that might have deserved that spot over him. But I say they change the voting format. Fan voting counts as 50% of the vote. And the rest could be NBA top officials as 25%, and NBA news reporters, um such as Woj that works at ESPN and top other analysts on the NBA as another 25% of the vote, which could definitely could have changed it. Definitely could have changed the voting on this year's All-Star game. And we could have seen some other names on this list, but for what it is, no one can complain. It's a fun time of year. Three days, dunk contest, three-point contest, skills challenge. Rising Stars, Celebrity Game, and the one and only All-Star Game, which is the top game of the three-day weekend that the NBA gives to the NBA fans and to all that would like to watch. And I think that this weekend is a fun time of year, and for them to still have this in the NBA is a great addition to the game. And lots of people, including me, look forward to this every single year. Since we're at the 15-minute mark and I've said all my dues to the NBA All-Star Game, let's move on to the NFL playoffs. AFC Championship Game, we have the Chiefs versus the Bengals at 3 o'clock, 3.30, I believe. I have the Bengals upsetting the Chiefs. The Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins... Boyd, Uzuma, I I mean, the team they have and where they've gotten to, no one expected them to be here. They've been underdogs all year. They went five, they were 5-4 and four at one point, then all of a sudden they jumped to 9-4, and four, I believe. And this team is won their division, AFC North. Surprisingly, no one believed they could do it. 
They won in the first round against the Raiders. Lots of people thought they could beat them. Second round, tough matchup versus the Titans. Beat the Titans, handled business over there in Nashville, Tennessee. And now going into Arrowhead Stadium versus Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, the old line that the Chiefs have, the defensive line that the Chiefs have. It's going to be tough for the Bengals, especially knowing that Joe Burrow and his offensive line have have trouble guarding all the all the defensive line players and Joe Burrow has been a victim of so many sacks over the last two games in the playoffs. But I see the Bengals coming out of this one. Jamar Chase, two touchdowns, 140 receiving yards. Joe Burrow, four touchdowns, one interception, and he'll throw for 310 yards. And I believe that the Bengals come out with this one and the Chiefs go home questioning what's next. Now going over to the NFC Championship game. LA Rams versus the 49ers. The 49ers and the way they come in, come into every game they play, the mentality they have, the leadership from Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, and that organization is in good hands if they can keep this up. And I have them defeating the LA Rams at SoFi Stadium. And a big part of this is because SoFi Stadium has lots and lots of trouble to keeping home field advantage in their home teams, including the LA Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams. For tickets being sold, I believe that today's game is 65% 49ers and 25% the LA Rams, it might be 35, my math is not good, but 25% I believe on the LA Rams on fans who have bought their tickets as fans of the Rams, and 65% the 49ers, that is just an outstanding news report, I mean, you're playing at home, you have Matthew Stafford, top receiver in the league, Cooper Cup, Top five, maybe top three, you could argue. He won the Triple Crown. Um, For them to lose today will be surprising to many fans. But they made it far enough. And I have the 49ers defeating the LA Rams in SoFi Stadium with a packed crowd. Mostly the 49ers fans traveling over. And I have the 49ers winning this one. 27-21. The LA Rams will... Keep this a close one, but I have the 49ers having the last drive on the field tied at 21-21. 49ers drive it down the field, and they score a touchdown. They don't go for the two points. They go for the kick. They make it. The Rams have 30 seconds on the clock. They get the ball. I believe it will be a squeeb quick or kick from the 49ers to waste some time off the clock. And the Rams get the ball with 20 seconds left. And I don't have them doing anything, scoring a touchdown, getting a field goal. And I have the 49ers moving on to the second Super Bowl in the last five years. And yeah, that is it on the NFL topic for the playoffs. And now moving on to some heartbreaking news that has been confirmed by top 
reliable sources, but from the man himself has not confirmed it. And you've guessed this right. I'm talking about Tom Brady and his retirement plans and if his decision is true or false. And let's just look at this right now. The reliable sources that had reported this are both from ESPN. We have Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlton. Both top sources in the NFL. Great guys. They both work at ESPN. They know their people. They get texts left and right. They've been top in the league for news in the past 10 years. Adam Schefter, a great analyst. Top breaking news for ESPN and NFL. And doesn't look like this one was correct. And people are going to throw him under the bus for this one because he reported that Tom Brady has officially retired from the NFL after 22 seasons. And this sparked heartbreaking emotions, um, different all kinds of reactions. Some people happy, some people heartbroken, and some people like me who is a fan of the New England Patriots who lives in the Massachusetts area, Boston area, and is a big fan of the Patriots, is very upset. And I would love to see Tom Brady sign a one-day contract or to retire with the Patriots to just show how much he cared about this team. And no matter if he cared or not in the past two years, you can't say that he didn't stay with us for 20 years and won us six championships. Bill Belichick right by his side. All the players that cycled in and out, and he was able to win with all of them. And, yeah, Tom Brady had an outstanding career. And there's nothing you can say wrong or bad about the guy. If he retires this year, which hasn't been confirmed, but has been reported, we just got to send love and deal with it. But if he doesn't retire, I believe he will come back for one more year and sign in the AFC, the New England Patriots. He'll come back for one more year. He'll bring and mon. What's a word I should use? He will. I can just say teach. He'll teach Mac Jones, having Mac Jones as the backup for one last year. He'll evaluate Mac Jones and bring him to the top potential he has. And I have Mac Jones being the starter, not this upcoming season, but the next season, if Tom Brady comes back to the New England Patriots. And if he retires, Mac Jones, already having the spot, will in fact be the starter. And I believe the Patriots will be better than they were this season, let alone all the criticism they're getting for having a rookie QB who can't compete with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and many other QBs top in the league. But staying on the Tom Brady topic, for what Tom Brady has done for the New England Patriots, winning the Super Bowl in his second year in the league after coming in to a game where Drew Drew Bledsoe was hit hard and almost lost his life that night, the same night he got hit. And Tom Brady, if that hit had never happened, Tom Brady would have never been the man he is today. Drew Drew Bledsoe must have maybe might have played another two, three seasons with the New England Patriots. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. No one thought that a rookie could replace him. And he went out, Tom Brady came in, and the rest is history. Seven Super Bowl championships, including the one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
um, most touchdowns in NFL history, most passing yards in NFL history. And from who he was back then to who he is now, I believe that he is a better player now than who he was back then. And to some that might be surprising, but to others, that is factual and no one can disagree. And I just want to thank Tom Brady for all that he's done to not only me as a New England Patriots fan, but to the NFL community. And I hope you have not officially retired, but if you did, like I just said, I want to thank you for all you've done, for the childhood you gave me, for being a New England Patriots fan, staying up late when I was in the second, third, fourth grade, watching those Super Bowls, um, always looking forward to the Super Bowl, knowing the Patriots would always have a chance. We were the team to beat. All the unforgettable moments from the 28-3 game, from the greatest comeback in NFL history, Super Bowl history, um, the interception at the goal line where the Seattle Seahawks did not attempt to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch and attempt to throw the ball. The interception, that was another one. The loss against the Eagles, I mean, you can't win them all, but the Eagles did play outstanding that game, and they deserved it. The win against the Rams, best defensive Super Bowl in NFL history. I believe the lowest scoring Super Bowl game, 13-3. to The Patriots deserve that one. And f- coming from all us New England fans, we just want to thank you from the bottom of our heart. And we will miss you in the league. And the NFL community will miss you. And I think that is it on episode four of the podcast. I'm Nino Stefanelli, the host of the Coach's Corner podcast. And I'll be back next week for the right before the Pro Bowl and the week after for the Super Bowl. And I'll be back. And you guys should tune back too. And I'm out.